Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from Cabo Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Featuring former Husker and NBA vet Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! With broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. Welcome to the Ticket Weeknights. Got the club going up on the Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut and she choosing. Club going up on the Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut and she choosing. Club going up on the Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut and she choosing. Club going up on the Tuesday. Yeah, it's a Tuesday right here on the Strict Nine Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bach, what's up, baby? Oh, not too much. How are you doing? Fine. I'm glad to make my debut on the Strict Nine Show here. Debut, baby. We we here. You've arrived. You made it. You understand? <laughs> yeah. We got Big Sky over here, too. I, I'm going to sit in for an hour, and Big Sky is going to drive us home with you. Nice, nice. You know, we're missing DP. You know, shout out to DP. Having a nice little vacation. You know, giving the wife some wonderful time together, some special time. Obviously, this is the holiday season. It's right around the corner. I hope everybody has got their shopping done. I know the malls are mad packed. But tonight, we thank you for joining us right here on the Strict Nine Show. As we're going to talk a little bit about this and a little bit about that, we're definitely going to talk some Husker football. We're going to talk a little bit maybe about just 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 some of the stuff that we're seeing with, with a lot of the parody in NFL and kind of discuss you know, some of the surprises and some of the uh, the teams that maybe have fallen off over the last few weeks and, and some that have made dramatic turnarounds. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of Husker Volleyball, who had a successful uh, season. Obviously, they didn't um, solidify it with the, with the ship, but uh, they gave a valiant effort in, in what they put together and, and obviously also having some trial and turmoil. And we're hoping to see a little bit of that turnaround with the Husker Basketball program and and, uh, you know, we, you know, it, it's, it's kind of tough, Bach, when you, when you really look at, you know, what the, what the ladies were able to do. I mean, they, they were trying to find themselves. They, they lost Stiverance for a little while and, and, you know, they uh, didn't have everything that they felt that they needed. Um, they were trying to juggle and, and, and they found some, some pieces that kind of came alive right when they needed it to, and, and they got hot right in the right time and found themselves in the ship. And they, they defeated some foes that they kind of, you know, fell to earlier in the season as well. So it was good to get some little some little revenge on that as well. What you think about the, the ladies this year? Yeah, it was an amazing run. I, I think a lot of people didn't think that it was going to quite go down like that. Obviously, they got the 10 seed, um, which is, I mean, it, it's kind of funny because Nebraska volleyball is a, a bit too spoiled, I think. That when you have a your top ten team, and we all feel well, this might, must not be the year. Then if they're in the top, if they're tenth, um, because Nebraska fans are just used to, used to being in the top five, and uh, but they they showed why the Nebraska fans are used to that is is because they can turn it on. Um, I, I I always compare John Cook to kind of a Tom Izzo in March. No matter how his team's doing throughout the season, you better watch out when tournament play comes along because uh, he's going to have them ready. And and they were. 
Uh, just an amazing run through Austin to be able to beat Texas. Uh, you know that that definitely is always going to be part of a a great Oof. memory for this team. Um, and but it was just, I mean it was almost set up too perfectly, right? If you were going to have to win the national championship, it was going to go have to go through Texas and Wisconsin. I think that if you could uh, if you could like fantasy book that for Nebraska volleyball fans, that's the championship you'd want. And they got so close, um, but you could tell Wisconsin. Man, do they have a you know, especially on the block, just some some size there. So it was kind of it was kind of punching up. It looked like for the volleyball team, and they were able to do it. Uh, dives and 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 you know to, to keep the, that streak the alive. The defense came alive. Yeah, Ooh. but then just you know, and it just came down to that fifth set, and uh, Wisconsin outlasted them a little bit. But still, uh, this will be one of the the teams that I think Nebraska fans will remember the most for for maybe not having all of it there, all of it put together, um, but just kind of working as a team and, and, and getting hot at the right time. Yeah, one of the things, too, when, when you really look at it, is that they're very young. They're still a young team uh, for the most part. I mean, they didn't they didn't have many seniors. I mean, they, they're very loaded at juniors, and the only seniors, they're going to definitely miss Lawrence Stiverance, but, yeah. you know, uh, and what she provided to the team. But they, you know, again, they, they revamp. They do just like some of the the top perennial programs in the country and they revamp, you know, they come, they come back with it. And uh, I think they'll find somebody that, you know, will be able to fit and, 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 and fill that void that there's going to be left, you know, in the middle blocker position. Um, I like just, you know, ladies like Kenzie Knuckles, who just did a phenomenal job as libero this year. Um, you know, then, you know, they kind of bounced around and, and, and then you also, uh, had uh, Kehlani Akana, who did a wonderful job at the, at, you know, at those positions as well. But one of the big stories I found that just turned it on in, in, in the, you know, like 14 kills and then just went nuts, almost, you know, a, a, a upper teens and kills, almost, I think, 18 or, or 17 kills in the finals uh, was Kayla Caffey. Oh, yeah. I mean, she literally was, you know, at one point, just everything she was swinging at was 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 going on. She had a very high hit percentage and then it got late. You know, they, they probably got a little tired. They were going to her. So they were uh, the block of Wisconsin. Just that that just was overwhelming, you know, over over time. They just, you know, dang, they're setting records on, on blocks during that game. So uh, it was tough, but um, I look forward to seeing what they're going to bring back and, and how they're going to revamp and. I know they're hungry. Uh, I think you'll see a very different Husker volleyball team when when they uh, turn it on come next year. And, and they were a bright spot, I would like to say, in in the winter sports. Um, you know, where it wasn't a lot of bright spots. It was a lot of a lot of turmoil, and they looked like they were going to fall victim to it as well. But you know, they found a way, and 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 it was good to see the ladies uh, get get a job done uh, when it counted. Yeah, and it looks like uh, Kayla Caffey, at least from what John Cook said on the on the uh, on his program the other day, Kayla Caffey and Nicklin Hames might be looking to come back and take advantage of that extra year. Uh, so that would be huge. But it's almost getting to the point where uh, Nebraska is kind of the the face of volleyball in the NCAA. Obviously, always leading the nation in attendance, and now just kind of a mainstay in the Final Four. And if you've looked at um, some of the numbers that have come out as far as the TV numbers, um, they're they're they kind of blew the door off. They had the best volleyball viewers. Um, this Nebraska Wisconsin game was, and the Final Fours uh, was for the ESPN um, broadcasting as far, as far as volleyball goes, and and so the, the sports kind of growing, and Nebraska's at the forefront of it. And it's kind of cool because you know, uh, as for casual viewers out there across the country. 
they're going to get used to, you know, tuning into the Final Four every year. And, and if they have, they're, they're going to say that Nebraska is a mainstay. And now you're seeing, I mean, we saw it with Lexi Sun, who was basically a freshman All-American transferring in here. There's some big names hitting the portal. And I think they're going to want to come play at Nebraska. I really do, just because of the home court advantage that Nebraska brings. Uh, and then, you know, it's just kind of the sport seems to be running through Nebraska, right? John Cook, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the coach of the year, Danny Bushman Kelly, was a former player and, and coach under John Cook. She moved on to Louisville. Um, of course, we all heard about Tyler Hillebrand, um, kind of the lead associate coach there moving on to Long Beach State and they just announced today that Jalen Reyes who's been on the ticket airways before has taken been promoted to that Husker lead assistant role so maybe he's next in line but uh, it's just whether it's the coaching tree or the the numbers from ESPN uh, or just the fact that Nebraska repeatedly gets to the final four I just feel like and maybe I, I don't even feel like I'm being biased here I think they're the, the kind of the mainstay program in volleyball right now. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I, I I would like to say, I think I text Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal, who I played with in Indiana and uh, who had a wonderful career in the NBA. Um, you know, I text him prior to the game and then uh, after the game, you know, just to let him know that, yeah, you know, his daughter obviously plays for the uh, Texas Longhorns. So oh, yeah. uh, I had to kind of let him know that, you know, <laughs> we, we, we took care of business in that one. But, um, but yeah, man, I, 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 um, um, you know, I, that's another story, too, as we, we talk about the, the ladies, um, the Lady Huskers. And, you know, Lexi's son was was a, you know, a pretty good piece of what they were trying to do and accomplish. And then all of a sudden it got late and, you know, other people kind of started to come along a little bit and, and she kind of started to stumble a little bit. So, I, I you know, as I, as I do, I feel feel sorry for uh, someone who is, has been an integral part of the success as, as a Husker, but you know, that's what, that's how it is. You know, it's, it's next man up, you know, sometimes somebody steps in, steps up and, and um, I'm looking forward to a wonderful future for these ladies and, and what they're going to accomplish and what they're going to bring. They're always uh, providing a tremendous excitement in the Devaney center. And, and I love what Nebraska and, you know, all the, the decision makers did with turning Devaney into one of the, premier locations uh, to be able to play ball. I mean, they had a good location at the Coliseum. I mean, it was cool. Um, it was raucous in there as well, but there, there's uh, there's nothing like being in the Devaney for them and just the crowds that they could put together there. Yeah, it's a, it's always a packed house, and if you if you haven't made it out there yet, I mean, you've got to do it now. I mean, I know it's been before. I mean, they've been champs, or they've been in the Final Four, but um, they just, again, seem to be um, – pushing on to even maybe perhaps some even more special things. So it's definitely something you got to check out. Um, like you said, the Coliseum was, was special in its own right, but it's just amazing just to walk in there. Um, and, you know, as opposed to maybe some of the other places uh, that Nebraska has, I think they do a, a really great job of celebrating their history. And maybe it's because there's more history to celebrate, more All-Americans, uh, maybe than some of their programs at Nebraska or whatever. But, I mean, there's just if, – if, if you've made a significant contribution – to the, the the volleyball program over the years, you're going to see your name hung up there and honored, and it's just it, it's really cool. You can kind of just feel the history when you walk in the place, and everybody's so amped up when when the matches get going. But I guess the one thing that that we that we have to acknowledge is that Wisconsin does have Nebraska's number, and that's a storyline that's going to be heading into next year. But you just feel like you're that close to finally getting over the hump against them. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us again tonight here on the Strict Nine Show, the Sutter Heyman. Uh, 
the Sutter Heyman Jewelers video stream. We appreciate their support as well. Um, the text line, we want to we want to see it on fire. If we can answer any questions, if there's anything that you guys have pop up on your mind and your thoughts, shoot it to us at 402-464-5685. We're going to take a break and then uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit of Husker basketball. Actually, we're going to dig into that quite a bit. We'll probably be there for a good, good long segment. Uh, but again, thank you for joining us right here. Me and Bach, no DP tonight, but it's okay. He's enjoying himself right here on the Strict Nine Show. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back right after this. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, former Husker and NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Hey, yay. Good to have y'all right here on the Strict Nine Show. Tapping in, coming in. We got two hours. Well, about a, you know, hour and 45 still left but nonetheless <laughs> we're here tonight we about to touch and talk about the huskers they touch their last they conclude their non-conference portion of the schedule on tomorrow where they host kennesaw state tip-off will be at 6 30 right there at pinnacle bank arena tickets are on sale it is going to be the last non-conference game of the year and so what we find is that the Huskers are coming in at five and seven. They had a wonderful effort against Kansas State, um, holding Kansas State under, you know, uh, 40% shooting for the night, uh, played a wonderful defensive game. Uh, they forced 19 turnovers, but they shot a dismal 33% themselves. So uh, they ended up coming up a little short. Um, I, I think when you look at them, their second halves, uh, have they need to figure out a way to get that first five minutes of their second halves just off to a good start. It just seems as if they're uh, they're coming out just kind of slow or or just with no energy. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I can say that, but but whatever it is, teams just seem to go on a little rally, a little run, you know, in the second halves against these Husker team. Um, Alonzo Verge, who posted a fourth 20-point game, uh, finishing with 21 points off of five rebounds, five assists uh, to match his career high with four steals. That is one area that we see with him, and we'll hope to see more of that once we get uh, um, a tray back. We'll, we'll like to see those steal numbers. But to have a team where they turned over 19 times but only convert to only 11 points off of turnovers, uh, that's kind of dismal. You know, usually you're going to find yourself in a fast break situation or some form of a a situation. I think that's where they're taking those bad threes and, and those bad shots in, in, in the open court and ends up amounting to nothing. Uh, but, but watch out now, Kennesaw state, although they're four and seven, they come to Lincoln looking to uh, rebound after an 85 to 84 loss to Samford on Saturday night. Uh, the owls uh, are a tough team. They're they're I mean, look, don't, don't, you know, don't hold no punches about it. They are, a team that can come in here and, 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 and put a little L on you if you are kind of overlooking them and you're looking towards future and better things. They faced Iowa, an Iowa State team, lost 84 to 73, played them well, though. Now, it wasn't like they just 
came up short. That was a late minute surge. And, you know, when God, the game was over. No, they, they were in that game. They also played a tough Creighton team too, blasted us a little bit. And they didn't blast us, but, you know, they, they did. You could tell it was a significant. At times they did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like, I mean, it, it looked like they were, they were definitely the better team. Um, so they lost to Creighton only 51-44. I think they probably slowed the game down a little bit and, and, and forced some things for them. So don't get it twisted, Amir Abdul-Rahim. You got you to gotta notice that name. But Amir Abdul-Rahim in his third season has got this team, you know, playing pretty well uh, for – uh, a team that you would think at a four and seven record just is, is a bad team. What you think about that, Bob? Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, you, you see the name on the, uh, compared to the other names you've had on the schedule and you think, well, that hopefully can be the win for what it's worth. They are zero and five away from home. So uh, that gives you some hope there. But like you said, played some common opponents. Nebraska's had with Creighton um, played an Iowa state team. Nebraska didn't play them, but that's a top 10 team. So to play them uh, to within 11 is pretty impressive. So it's not going to be an easy win. Um, none of them are seemingly will be for Nebraska if they get them the rest of the way. Um, but it, it's, it's hopefully it's still I think you have to put it in the, in the just because where you are on a five game losing streak and the fact that you have two top 25 opponents on the schedule after this it's got to be a get right game and you have to win it I mean you have to come away with a W to keep I mean there's no momentum in the program right now it's to pump some momentum um, pump some blood into this program before conference play starts because the I mean it's it's getting I don't want to say toxic but it's getting pretty lackluster around here and almost almost as if fans it, are losing their care factor right um uh, you know kind of just sailing off on this team and I, and I don't think it's time to do that like you said um uh, maybe if they get uh, uh, uh mcgowan's back um trey mcgowan's that is that that can pump some life into him but they that, that's going to be a few games away they have to figure out a way with this roster to get the most out of what they have and i i, I think that there's more talent on this roster than the five and seven record would indicate it just hasn't been meshing well as of yet yeah yeah no 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 doubt I mean I think they're still they're just trying to find them their way I, I don't think they truly have identified roles as well I mean you, you you know Bryce is you know he has an expectation of what he used to do but you know we'll we'll talk a little bit more I'm, I'm going to dig into some numbers on on the team itself but one of the numbers that sticks out for me is that Derek Walker is shooting a not abysmal but a phenomenal 78 uh, point, uh, well, point seventy eight six, basically 70, 79% yeah. from the field, almost 80. So, you know, he's on pace right now to set the record. <laughs> Not just set it, but shatter the record for the Huskers, uh, you know, for the attempts. And the last one to do so, who actually owns the record, is Larry Cox at 67% back in 75. I mean, that record's been around phew, a long time. I was wondering why I didn't years. recognize that name. <laughs> That's been a few decades. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's been a long time. So, you know, and then another thing, you know, he's in a, he's in a great category. Only six Huskers have ever posted a field goal percentage over 60. So, um, you know, we talked about that, Bach, where, you know, earlier, I think on your show, we talked about the fact that his attempt numbers are just way too low for someone to be shooting at that type of percentage. How do you feel that the Huskers need to and should get Derek Walker involved. 
Yeah, I think they do. Um, I, I, I think they did try a little bit more against Kansas State, but he was pretty turnover-prone against Kansas State. He ended up with six turnovers in that game. That's not what he usually does, um, so I, I wouldn't let one game deter you from, from the fact that he is shooting 79%. I think they, they should play through him a little bit more. Um, for what it's worth, most guys that shoot around that uh, around that range aren't necessarily doing so because the, the ball is being thrown down to them in the post a lot. Uh, it's tough to shoot that much, at, you know, at that higher percentage at it, at with that type of gameplay. It's usually, you know, rebounds, dunks, stuff like that. Um, but a lot of his success is through the pick and roll. Uh, and it just seems like they get that loss sometimes or they don't have an option off of it, which we've talked about before. Um, but that seems to be for a for a team that doesn't really have a strength, you know, outside of, of of that. I mean, I mean, that seems to be closest thing to their strength. And I don't know if they go to it enough. Um, maybe that's the answer to get Derek Walker a little bit more involved, or maybe it is just throwing it to him in the post and seeing if he can make a post move. But I don't think you're going to keep your 80% field goal shooting um if you're going to can start to do that so uh it's kind of a it's kind of a mystery and i i guess i wouldn't mind them just kind of playing through it and, and allowing him to um get his shots where they are if the team was was not looking for some sort of spark some sort of difference to change it and they're they very much need that and so sometimes you do you kind of overthink it right like where where can we get this change maybe start with the guy that's shooting 80 percent from the field and if that's not working you know play off of that I, I would have to agree I think that's that needs to be something to be considered I, I we know that Fred has discussed that you know, that he would like to see more things go more through them. We also talked about them running more sets. And those are things that he acknowledged that he would like to do uh, to give them a little bit more discipline. And also, he had also spoken about uh, making sure that this team uh, takes shots that are conducive to success and not failure with the shooting percentages, just abysmal, both from two and three. Uh, or, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into that in a second, but well, let's talk a little bit about Bryce. Um, how do you feel Bryce's progression has gone so far? I, I, I personally, uh, have some thoughts on it, uh, but I would love to hear your take. And, and then I'd like to hear big sky jump in and, and kind of, as we're talking about Bryce and he has something that I think isn't you know worth noting. And, uh, but Bryce, you know, you know, he has some powerful things. He's got off to a great start. Uh, he leads the Big Ten uh, freshman in in, uh, in scoring and in rebounding. Uh, he is on pace uh, to break single uh, season freshman marks in both scoring as well as rebounding. And so those are some good things, but um, it just doesn't look the you know the same as as probably some some other notable freshmen that are also having some success. Um, it, it 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 looks what's the word I'm looking for it it looks just really difficult. You know what I mean? It, nothing looks, I mean, when his slashing and, and penetrating and those things and some of his finishes, you can see flashes of greatness, but then, you know, there are some things and in, in some shots, they, they look short. It looks like his legs, you, you know, the, the physicality of it, maybe you just wears him out a little bit, but uh, what, what is your take and what is your thoughts as far as his progression and, and, and what you see for him hopefully finishing out a strong Big Ten conference? 
Yeah, I mean, we saw it at the beginning of the year. It was it was going to kind of going up and down a little bit. He, he started off by scoring twenty five and twenty nine in his first two games, and then followed it up with six against Creighton. And you're in in there, you could kind of see, um, you know, a lot of young players kind of have this problem where if if you are just physically better than the guy across from you, sure, uh, you can you can put it on you. But once you have a defender that's quick enough, like a Creighton level defender. Uh, then it, it, it's going to be tough to to kind of get your game going where you want it to. And so he wasn't getting to the free throw line a little bit there. Um, it's just kind of tough. I think I think that it's progressing to a degree, um, but probably not as much as it did from the first few games. You know, you kind of could kind of see that for the few, first few through games, a non-conference game where he was adjusting to the physicality of the game um, and, and, and kind of understanding that. Um, the last few games, I, I think... I mean, my critique with him is that at times he's he's not just taking difficult three-point shots. He's taking difficult NBA-level three-point shots, which you wonder if he's kind of thinking about the scouts that are there, which they've been at some of these games. Or, uh, you know, he's he's been he's been uh, pretty uh, transparent about his goal of being a one-and-done. Um, but I don't I, – I, and I know he, he shot 40% from beyond the arc in high school, but right now he's at a 21% clip. So those type of shots that you're forcing up there, even if you hit one, maybe you could put that on your little 10 play highlight tape and it looks good, but it's hurting him more than anything because those shots are starting to add up and he's just not hitting them at a high enough clip. He seems to have as much of a green light as Casey Tamanaga. And I'm not sure if that's good for Casey to begin with, but it's, it definitely doesn't seem be seemingly good for Bryce McGowan's. I talked about this the other day. If I'm playing Bryce McGowan's, I want him to hit that first deep shot he takes because then he thinks he can make it and he, he'll yeah. continue taking him. And that's kind of what he's done. Um, but, you know, he's also kind of fallen off a little bit the last few games. There was a stretch there, um, admittedly, against easier opponents where he had uh, four assists in three straight games. Um, now he's getting one or two per game. Um, so I think they need to kind of find a way to, to try to get him a little bit more involved um, as, as, in, but he, I mean, he's very much involved. It's just kind of in more of an, a, an attacking style. I think his best part of the game is driving to the hoop, and sometimes he doesn't get the foul the fouls called, and sometimes he, he gets his shot blocked. You know, when, when you're going up against some of those yeah. big men. Um, but as a guard. <laughs> you know, guards know if you get in the lane and get your shot blocked, that's okay. It's fine. It, it happens, especially if you're a small man fighting amongst the trees. Maybe at six seven and, and not having gone through that so much, uh, it deters his game a little bit more than it should. Yeah, it, I, some of the things that I have w in, in my observation of Bryce is that um, he plays very straight up. Yeah. You know, he, so you know he's his his level and and. So everything that he does, when you're just so much athletically gifted, as you stated, whether it be in the AAU circuit, which defense is terrible in the circuit, so you can pretty much get anywhere, do anything. And if you have, you know, some creativity around the basket, you're going to be pretty good. Um, but what I've learned, you know, being a professional and, and even – um, in, in the collegiate ranks and what my coach L Lanny Richards had taught me is, is that your level of play dictates it's the same in football, right? You know, the person that is most high, your leverage is not going to be there. So whether you're getting blocked or whether you're making a tackle or whatever the case may be, you're either going to get ran over or you're going to be able to stand depending on your levels of your pads. It's the same in basketball, right? So if you're, what I've noticed with him is he plays very high. So in order to make a move, even in his, even in his triple threat, in order to make a move, he has to drop his body, which is a half a step for a defender to react 
respond, cut you off, or stop you from going where you're trying to go. So that that extra second, if you're low and you're 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 playing low in your triple threat, then you know I, I'm not worried about you shooting because I know you're not ready to shoot. And and when you do try to shoot, then you're going to probably be short because you're not going to elevate enough to be able to get the range needed uh, to make that shot. And so that's one of the things that I find about him. Another thing is defensively, I find that um, he does a lot of matador, you know, trying to reach behind and then doesn't get back into the play. So if I'm a, if, if, if I'm a NBA scout, I'm, you know, I mean, I know they don't play great defense in the NBA either, you know, these days, but, the teams that do are having success, i.e. Chicago, you know, or teams like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I would like to see him really take onus of that, um, be a two-way player because um, to be honest, no one, I I don't think he's ready to be honest. Uh, If he leaves now, he'll do himself a disservice because he will end up in the G league. And that may be okay for him, but I, I would say, you know, take those opportunities where you are, you know, with the new changes where you can make a little money and do a little things of that nature, uh, being there in college. But I would also say, um, you know, just there's some things he still needs to work on. And I know that I hated to hear when scouts were in, I didn't want to know, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't want it to do anything to take me off of my game or take me out of my game. I wanted to continue to play my game and I'll let the rest speak for itself, you know, in that due time. And I'm, um, yeah, they needs, he needs to take his focus off of that and focus on getting wins because if you're win, if you're winning and you're successful, all of that other stuff is going to take care of itself. You know, IE, you know, what happened down at Oklahoma state with Kay Cunningham and, you know, they, they had some success and obviously it bolded well for him. And um, so we'll see. Big Sky, are you there? Yes, I am there, Strick. Yeah, man. So, what's your thoughts? Tell me. Tell me. You 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 had something to kind of pique my little interest. What 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 you got on your mind? I was just uh, sending you stuff from the text line here. So, uh, pecan pie or pecan pie? I don't know how people one, people say that word. Uh, what's up, Strick? What are your thoughts about Fred moving Verge back to the two and having Bryce run the point? I think he could do a great job driving and kicking back out to the shooters on the arc or take the layup and get fouled. Thoughts? And then also from the text line uh, from Matt Strick, hit it on the nose. Bryce gets worn down by the physicality. Son needs to hit the weight room. He is not Kevin Durant. Big facts. Uh, Matt, I don't even need to speak on that. That's that's facts. He needs to definitely uh, hit the weight room. He, he, he would not bowl well next level because he's just not going to be able to uh, get downhill in the way that he uh, he did while he was in high school. That's just not going to happen. So um, let's let's talk about pecan pie. Pecan pie. Um, there is a McGowan that I think would would bowl well at that type of a switch, and that would be Trey. Uh, but obviously, Trey is not available to us. I think Trey has the capabilities of doing that because he understands. He has a great IQ for the game. He's going to defend. Uh, he's going to make the right play, the right pass, and then he may bang on you uh, <laughs> when he turns the corner as well. So um, I could see Trey in that position. I, I I would like possibly maybe that would help him a little bit. Um, 
but you 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 know even though I I you know I I don't like verge in some instances uh because of maybe the over dribble or too much dribble or going too far with the dribble um where the pass maybe was two dribbles or before you got too deep um and and that's a, that's an understanding but I would like to see both of them run I would possibly like to see a Kobe Bryant uh, Kobe Webster Oops. I'd love to see Kobe Bryant. We had a Kobe Bryant. There That'd be go. a whole different thing. <laughs> no, but uh, I would like to see a Kobe Webster just just really having a a role set by him by the coaching staff, which which basically says, "I need you to run this team, run it, not not you run for jumpers and run for shots. I need you to run the team and get your six to eight shots that are going to happen just out of the offense and out of the set, but nonetheless." Um, I want to see Verge and Bryce out on the wings. You know, I remember when we ran, um, when we were playing, we we didn't care who got the ball. We were we were hitting the wings. Wherever the rebound came, whoever first hit the ring, and we're looking up 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 the court to who that next guy is, to a Pikowski or to a Badgett or to a Boone, or and 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 we weren't stopping for jumpers. We were going at the rim downhill, either going to the free throw line or trying to get to the basket or get deep enough to where that's that 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 backflow, you know, where a guy was kind of floating down where a Tamanaga can float into a nice one. I don't want to see them dribbling up and taking threes. That's I think that's that's bad. I would love to see a Wiltshire kind of flowing behind, even a Wiltshire getting out on the wing. I would like to see them run that way, not dribble the ball up, push the ball up. And so I think uh, Bryce could do a good job with that, but I would like to see Kobe Webster more so uh, filling that 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 position and just running the team and getting them into good good sets and good spots and making sure they're getting good shots each and every time down the court. And you, you talked earlier about Bryce Bagans playing too straight up. I think that would hurt him in a point guard role there. I mean, there'd be certain nights where people Agreed. would just swipe from him all night, but um, – it is kind of interesting, the idea to kind of maybe switch it up a little bit because the offense does kind of get stuck into this Alonzo Verge dribble around and find something. And and I think he's by far your, far your best handle, ball handler. So, again, if you're getting full court press or, you know, have a certain point guard on you that's especially adept at, at, at getting low and getting swipes, then he's going to have to ball handle all night. But I don't mind the idea of, you know, several different guys kind of bringing it up. Maybe that could, yeah. could spark something into your offense a little bit more if you don't have a really pressing point guard. That way it's not always going through Verge and it can open up Verge off ball a little bit. I, I, absolutely. Well said. That is that is the way I would view it. I would basically, other than Kobe, I would basically say, and, and you know, Tamanaga played point in in at Ranger, so he's he's very capable. I think he's a little unsure of himself right now um, to be able to fill that position. I don't think he's as as confident. I think he also needs a little little bit of time in the weight room to get stronger as well. Um, I think he has a handle, but I, I don't. I don't think he's as sure with it right now. Uh, but I've seen him. Uh, I've ref some of his games when I was still refereeing collegiate ball down there uh, for JUCO, and and I've, I've I know he's got some pats, but he's just a little bit unsure of himself right now. Um, but what we'll do is we'll go to a break. We're going to come back because I want to dig into some just some numbers over these last five games, and what we've been talking about. On, on the show is we've been talking about the recipe. 
And we want to discuss that recipe a little bit, uh, whether or not we put some sugar in it, put a little more flour, and we bake that thing so we can get a W. Come back right here on the Strict Nine Show right after this. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, former Husker and NBA vet, Eric Strickland. We're back right here on the Strict 9 Show. It's me, that's Bach. We have Big Sky on the mic, on the board. Thank you all for joining us tonight. You can join us every night on Tuesday from 6 to 8 Central. You can also text in to the text line at 402-464-5685. You can find us on Twitch. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube at 93.7 The Ticket and also tap in on the app at theticketfm.com. That's where it's going down for the Strict 9 Show. So, Bach, we talked about the recipe. I've been talking about the recipe and, you know, we used to know, we, we used to talk, uh, you know, see James Harden when he's, you know, cooking. Oh, yeah. Um, we need to get these, this Husker program cooking and cooking ASAP and real soon. But some of the things I wanted to talk about is is how they haven't got Kwame Brown seasoning, Mama seasoning. Uh, they've kind of left it bland, and uh, it don't taste real good and tasty right now. And when we talk about the recipe, we're going to talk about the shooting percentages. We're going to talk about the rebound numbers. We're going to talk about the turnovers. We're going to talk about the opportunities missed. We're going to, you know, all of those things. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Walker uh, effect. And that's part of the recipe, right? So let's break it down. Let's, let's just go through the main, the main players. We got Verge, McGowan's, Walker, Tamanaga, Mann, uh, Webster, Wiltshire. Now we know we're missing Wilhelm. We know also Eduardo Andre plays, and we know that others do kind of sparingly get some minutes. But we're going to talk about these particular individuals within the recipe, right? Again, if you have anything in discussion about the recipe, tap in at 402-464-5685, all right? Now, let's start with Verge. So some of the things that we find in the last four games with Verge, with Indiana, uh, Michigan, K-State, and... Who there's one more I'm missing. The last four. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, Auburn. Auburn. There it is. Yeah, uh, I'd like to forget that one, but yeah. Auburn. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that's why I was just, yeah, kind of blew my mind. Right. So what we find is Verge shot pretty good. You know, he was. You know, and, and part of the recipe is that amount of shooting. I, you know, when you get up towards the twenties with regards to being your port guard, unless he's just absolutely on fire. Uh, that's 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 not a good recipe for for uh, success, right? So we look at the Indiana game, six for 13, 46%. Look at the Auburn game, uh, four for 11, 36%. Didn't have a good game, but they have a very good defense that, that, that had a good game plan for him. Michigan, 12 for 21 uh, at 57%. Uh, then we have K-State at 7 for 14 at 50%. So when you look at it, those numbers are phenomenal. That's, that's, 
that's great. That's what you want uh, from your point guard, you know, to get that that kind of percentage, okay? So that's an average of 47%. McGowan's, on the other hand, when we go to Indiana, three for 14, 21%. Four for 12, 33%. Two for nine against Michigan, uh, 22%. Uh, K-State, four for 14 there's only one game to where McGowan's if you, if you've got a guy that's shooting that same number as verge, just think about if that, that percentage was in the 40 and 50% range also, right? Some of these games would be a totally different thing, right? Because when you have a team that doesn't rebound very well, especially on the offensive end, then when you're shooting at that kind of clip and you're missing and you're not getting another opportunity that sometimes turns into a, an opportunity for the other team, right? So he's averaging 26%. Now you've got Walker. Now I want you to see the trend because the trend is you're in the low, low to upper twenties at an average of 26% over the last four games with McGowan's. But then you have Walker three for five, uh, I'm sorry, Indiana four for five, 80%, four for four against Auburn, hundred percent, no shots against Michigan. That blows my mind, but I digress. And then three for five at 60% against K-State. All of those numbers are way too low. He should definitely be getting 10 to 15 shots a game, whether it's in the pick and roll, whether it's in a specific set. I don't care what it is. He should be getting some form of that, that shots. Then you go down to Tamanaga. So you have two players shooting a, 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 a um, at 26% because Tamanaga's there as well. Two for seven. Uh, for against Indiana, one for four at 25% against Auburn, three for 11 at 27%, and then three for 13 at 23%, and the majority of those are threes, okay? So that's not a good number at 26%. Then you also got Mayan at another dismal, under 30%, 28%. Indiana, one for four, 25%. Two for five, 40%. One for five, 20%. And one for four, 25%. Kobe Webster over his last five games at 17%. I ain't going to go through it because it's not very good. And then Wiltre at 31%. Let's talk about the recipe. How does that bold well? And we'll talk about the total numbers. Indiana field goal, 30, 38% as a team. Threes, 23%. And they lost the rebound edge, which is also part of the recipe at 41 to 32. Had 14 turnovers and they shot only five free throws. That's part of the recipe that we want to talk about also Michigan uh, Michigan shot 51% to uh, the Huskers 31% they shot five for 35 (laughs) are you kidding me five for 35 Bob yeah and I think they finished like two of 29 I think they they hit them early and then missed them afterwards right and then on top of that you can understand why the 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 loss was the way it was because then you lose the rebound edge 54 to 38. You had a good job. You only had nine turnovers, but (laughs) you were shooting. You were getting shots up, but you weren't hitting them. And then they went to the free throw line 21 times. Auburn, 51% again. Then you can see why they took that L to 42% solid. They didn't, you know, lose the rebound edge by much, but only by three. But then part of the recipe 20 turnovers against Auburn. And then K-State, we know what happened. It was very pretty much the same. They held them down. But then at the end of the day, um, they lose the rebound edge. 
So when you're not shooting well and you have a rebound edge that's giving you extra opportunities and therefore you can end up winning the game. So you've got to be able to do something that's going to either keep you in the game or help you to win the game. So part of the recipe tonight that we're talking about, what do you think about those numbers and how can we make sure we sprinkle a little bit of extra salt and some seasoning in there that can help us to get a, uh, some, some more victories uh, oh. as we talk about the recipe? Well, I guess I think you need a primary ingredient, and that's where Nebraska fails to have that strength, as we've mentioned. If it's not the if, if it's not shooting well, you know, fall on to rebounding. Well, it's certainly not rebounding. So is it assist, team offense? No. Is it team defense? No. So they they have they've got to find something if they're not shooting well to fall back on, and so they need that main ingredient. But as far as the specific players, like you're saying, um, Verge seems to to play. I mean, if he's not even if he's having an off shooting night, he's getting five assists and, and eight rebounds or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. he's always adding to that. So I think he's your kind of one consistent player. Sometimes a little bit turnover prone, um, but that that's the ingredient as far as the recipe that you can rely on. Um, Derek Walker, same thing as we've talked about and shouted out from the top of the mountain tufts. Give that man the ball a little bit more because he's consistent. It's tough to find consistency beyond that. And so, again, if you don't have a whole lot of consistency, and, and especially not in shooting, you just have to have something to fall back on. And I'm surprised that they, they haven't been able to identify what that could be. And it's not easily identifiable when you look at the roster, right? I mean, we've all kind of went through this whole season trying to put our own tweaks on it and see what would could probably make it work. And there's nothing that's that's definitely there that's going to turn this thing around. But I would just like to see more tweaks uh, and, and recipe changes from the coaching staff. Um, that way, you know, even though they don't sound like great ideas, yeah, at least you're not just doing the same thing over and over and hoping it, cha it changes. And I think that that's what they've been doing, hoping that the shooting would eventually fall in line. But I, I don't know. I just don't believe I, – <laughs> I know they hit some shots in practice. I can't believe that this is a good shooting team anymore because I've watched too many games where they're not shooting well. So I don't know. It's tough to find a great recipe, but I'd start with your mainstays, your consistencies, which is Verge and Walker. So being that's the case, right, um, where we're seeing that, that's where I feel you have to take him off the ball. And, and you have to allow him to come off screens. You have to allow him to be able to curl off of screens. You have to allow him to be able to, uh, you know, come after a, a ball reversal to where he's getting a late side screen off of action where the ball is went from one side to the other. You know what I mean? Where then now the defense isn't just loading to you. And that's what Auburn did. I can hear the coaches yelling from the top of their, their lungs, uh, no straight line, no straight line, you know, load, load. You know, they were just, I, I could hear them and I, I knew exactly what they were trying to, and, and that's going to be, you know, the thing uh, as you go into the Big Ten play. Um, there's going to be the scouting report is out right now. And we talked about this on many occasions. The scouting report is run them off the three. They will still take a challenge shot just challenge all of their shots. They don't go to the boards, so you don't got to worry about that, but still be there for the long rebounds and let's go to the other end and try to get something done. So, so that recipe, there has to be an identity that is identified within this team. And I've yet to find it. I've yet to come up with what it is that they absolutely do well. And so, you know, 
we'll hopefully see something with regards to this Kennesaw State game. It'll give them an opportunity to be able to maybe make some tweaks or or to do some things that they may be able to um, go into the Big Ten C uh, to, to the conference play more of the games with a little bit more uh, to find their identity. So that's Husker basketball talk for the night. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Big Sky is going to join me in the second half. We're going to talk a little bit of Steph Curry, Chef Curry, and we're also going to talk a little bit of NFL football and the standings and kind of how that's all playing itself out as we delve into the second half of the season there. Come back right after this to the Strict Nine Show on 93.7 The Ticket. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.